Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. What up? You're listening to Champagne Sharks. I'm Vita Star. On this episode, I'm speaking with Albert Lanier. And actually, I was supposed to interview him. We didn't have a whole interview, but we couldn't use it because the audio was so bad. Uh, He's a journalist, freelance writer. He's been doing that for 22 years. He currently has a YouTube channel. But before he started doing this, getting into podcasting and all of that, he actually has written for many publications. His work has appeared in Honolulu Weekly, Pacific Business News, Hawaii Magazine, Edible Hawaiian Islands, and Puget Sound Business Journal. Um, He retired in 2017 and then wrote a blog on Medium.com, dealing with media issues and current news from 2017 to 2022. So welcome, Albert Lanier. Welcome back, really. Yes, nice to be back. And nice to talk to you again, Vita. Oh, man. Um, it's a pleasure to have you back, and I'm glad you're still uh, willing to talk with us after the whole technological problem. Oh, we had a yeah. very long no, conversation. I'm, I'm always willing and uh, always willing to talk to you, especially. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, you have some interesting takes on some things, and think we could really have a really good discussion. Hopefully, we can get some of the listeners to. Um, you know, be interested as well. I'm pretty sure they would be because I think it's interesting. But this idea that we have around male personality types and the ways that men think and the way that we label and categorize men um, based off of certain behaviors or certain attitudes. And it's something that comes up a lot. I don't know if we're always conscious of that we're having that specific conversation, but it comes up a lot. We see it um, now with, how people, for example, label Russell Wilson. You know, he's married to the football player. He's a Super Bowl champion, married to one of the top singers of the early 2000s. Um, Sierra, you know, uh, became a stepfather to her child that she had from a previous relationship with Future. They have, I think, about two other kids now, two or three more kids since, you know, they got married. I don't know. They seem pretty... Like they're doing all right to me based on the media. But Russell Wilson gets a lot of backlash, critique. I think a podcaster recently even made a comment saying that he would rather his daughter be with Future than Russell Wilson. I think Future has like six or seven women that he's had babies with. So, and we, you know, there's a lot of assumptions also made about him and his parenting, which we don't really have any true evidence of. But there's this belief that he's the tough guy, the cool guy. Um, Sierra got used up by him. And so, you know, Russell Wilson is a cuck because he basically got with Sierra, who was a single mother, and they hate single mothers for whatever reason. But I thought it was interesting that people have these perceptions. So I'm going to ask you, Albert, What's your take on a lot of this conversation that you're seeing in regards to, for example, 
um, what that podcaster stated about Russell Wilson, his daughter being with a Russell Wilson versus a future. Well, that gets into, you know, we were talking about male personality types, right? So that gets into at the very initial level. And it's interesting for me because I'm not a psychologist and I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm just a former journalist and still a writer, but you know, a former journalist at this point, retired journalist. So I can't approach this with any kind of psychoanalytic professional rigor. I can only approach this as a layman just to sort of set that up for people. So I don't, I know there are people who are going to say, well, you know, you just some person, you're some guy talking about this. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not an expert. You're not, you know, you're not a scholar. You're not a, you know, uh, a working professional in the field. Yeah, I'm a professional who is working in another field. But that having been said, at the very initial level, what you have when it comes to men and women, but we're talking about men here with this episode, is perception and, and really construct, right? So there's a construct as, you know, which is based on ideas, which are really perception of what men are and what men should be. So it's really what men are and what men should be. And people have ideas about what men are and what men should be. And so when you look at what you just mentioned, this podcaster that said he'd rather his daughter go with a, I think the gentleman's name is Future, mm-hmm. as opposed to a Russell Wilson, that gets into the basic archetypal, um, these ideas of what a man should be and what a, what men are, right? So future or an individual like future for a number of people represent what men should be, right? Right. Men should be someone who is successful with the ladies, right? They're mm-hmm. able to, to use this term. Uh, and so they're impressed with men. And, like, and allegedly they're. treat women a certain way it's not just that he gets lots of women it's that he gets them pregnant and then leaves them right because what that what that indicates is fecundity fertility he's someone who's able to um have offspring right he's able to what is the term spread his seed so to speak um so and that gets into biology because human beings are hardwired to procreate right and so when you see someone of that type, it that gets down to sort of a basic, sometimes spoken, but unspoken biological axis. This guy is successful with women. And because he's got different, um, what is the term, baby mamas, um, therefore he is successful, right? Mm-hmm. That's a token or it, that is an indication of a success, right? Mm-hmm. He's successfully fertile. Um, and so... That's one indication of what men should be, right? They should be successful with women. Maybe not everyone agrees, or maybe some people think it's going a bit far if they have all these uh, sort of uh, women having your offspring that you're not involved with ultimately. People think, a number of people think that's going too far, but at least to them it indicates, oh, this guy, he's a success, right? And America in particular, the United States in particular, is a success-oriented culture. It's a success-oriented country. Everything is predicated on success. 
And so also, I think people using, I think people use these ideas around an alpha male and a beta male. Mm-hmm. And I think they see future as an alpha. Right. Probably. So I, and I, I, we don't know if he is or isn't. We don't know. Like, I, I don't want to make this assumption about who he is as a, as a person mm-hmm. versus just the stories we hear in the media. Because you only get one side of a story, you know, in the media. Um, mm-hmm. But the perception is that he's some sort of alpha male. And and this is what I was trying to tell you. We're well, not trying to. What I said earlier um, before we hit record, you know, it's really who a lot of them aspire to be. Right. You know, they want to be highly sought after by women. They want to have lots of offspring. I'm not saying that they want to, I'm not saying they want to be to the literal extreme. I'm not saying that, but they want to know they have that power. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that um, they want to feel like they do in some way. So right. they see up that person for whatever reason. And, and I know what that reason is because they feel inadequate in who they actually are. Cause for all we know, maybe Russell, I don't, we don't know him. I, I don't know we don't know him as a real person. We just know what we're shown in the media and what we've been led to believe about him in the media. But he does have the brands of being a secure, confident um, guy who, you know, he doesn't seem to let any of these conversations about him and his family um, stop him from still posting all the videos (laughs) and making sure we see him constantly with his family. Um, Perception. But but for some reason, those same guys that see future as some sort of alpha leader male, <clears throat> and they see a Russell Wilson as some sort of cuck, e- well, even though he's the one that's be- living the his truth, who seems confident in who he is, wouldn't that, like you would think that would be the actual alpha? But when I feel like when you're deficient in yourself, you don't see things that way. You see what you know you detest about yourself. You think he's corny. Cause you think you're corny. You think alpha. You think a uh, future is some sort of uh, cool black guy who you know can get all the ladies. And because you're not that guy, and that's who you want to be, you say, "Oh, he's the good guy," or he's the guy I would want. Let I me mean, even say something so ridiculous. He's a girl I want my daughter to be with. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just. I think it says a lot about who you, how you see yourself as a man. Because even mm-hmm. if you're in a position, because you think, because I do think there are guys who might even get the money to give them that confidence to feel like they are like a future. You can still always tell that deep down they still feel inadequate because they have ridiculous as opinions like that. But right. anyway. Well, again, what you're noting is this. Now, here's the interesting part when you look at Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is part of the normal archetype that is considered wholly and utterly masculine, which is football player, right? If you're talking about a generic alpha male, you can't get any farther than football player, right? What happens in this case is that that doesn't even matter. So when we talk about the construct here, sometimes the, so what happens is the archetypes get subverted and it will depend on the community and it will depend on certain cultural aspects or whatever, but these archetypes get subverted. So this archetype, this primal male archetype of the football player has been subverted in the case of Russell Wilson, because when you call him a square, when you call him corny, when you call him goofy, 
what you do is you destroy the archetype and you render it null and void. So what this does in the in the case of Russell Wilson is it's a form of emasculation. It's hmm. media emasculation. So this is why people reacted. Some people reacted the way they did because they understood what they're doing is they're taking away his, his uh, I guess you could call it man card. I don't know if such a thing exists, but uh, I know what you mean. Taking, yeah, they're taking that card away from because they're saying, even though he is in the basic masculine archetype of a football player, doesn't matter. Hmm. He's goofy, he's corny, he's square. And so basically, that's why there was such a reaction. That's why it was controversial, because basically he's being emasculated. But he's not being emasculated by women, because there were a lot of women that defended him. He's being emasculated by men because they're saying, you know what? You're inferior. We don't care that you want a Super Bowl. We don't care that you're a football player. We don't care that you're in a man's man profession. What we care about is your personality sucks. And it sucks because you're somebody who doesn't exhibit the kind of behavior that a future. So again, what men are and then what men should be. The reason why that podcaster said, well, probably said, well, I would, he want his daughter to be with the future. Is. That's how he sees what men should be. This, this is what well, should this be. is what he said. He said a woman has to be broken before she can get with a before she can get a Russell Wilson. Now, see that 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 makes it sound like a horse. He's he's it was disgusting. It was Sorry. really ignorant. It's kind of an. It, it's kind of an odd thing to say. She has to be, quote, broken. So it's like teaming a horse. Uh, it was. Right? It was uh, it, so it, it, what it sounds like is almost like Shakespeare's Taming of the True, right? You've got to be able I don't to know. get <laughs> Katerina in the play. But the whole point of that is a woman in that play is a woman who is headstrong and fierce and you know, prideful and independent has to be tamed in order huh. to get married to, I think it's Petruchio. Okay. Oh, that's just like, um. okay. So yeah, I know there's another movie based off of that play mm-hmm. and I know the movie, it's a right. teen, I know this, I know the teen movie version of that is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> it's called uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, which right, is basically the taming of the shrew. But right. um. But I, I I don't know the Shakespeare. I never read the Shakespeare play. Right. Um, but see, when you when you mentioned that teaming, I mean, you know, like she's got to be broke, you know, broken. I'm like, yeah, yeah this is the belief that, um, you know, in this case, the the quote was that she had to be broken in order to be with a Russell Wilson. Yeah, something like that. Maybe I can right. pull it up. I am curious to know why you believe these categories even exist in the way that they do. Cause that's, I mean, first of all, that's very limiting, right? There's more than two different, there's more than two personality types, right? It's a bunch of them, but, um, and and also there, like anything else in psychology or most sciences, there are various variables that can change that and various components that might be different depending on your environment Depending on your, you know, your race, depending on your region, depending on your culture. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, so none of this stuff is exact, right? Right. Um, 
But why do you think we see this particular dichotomy? Well, um, again, you had to account for um, ethnicity, culture, race, community. And you also, again, what you and when you put all those factors in, it still comes down to the idea what's important in regards to the construct of what a man is, right? There's what men are, as I mentioned before, and what men should be, right? So when you talk about, like you mentioned, the podcaster stated, I believe it was a podcaster, stated that he would want his daughter to be with the future. What he's saying is that's his idea of what a man or men should be. As I mentioned mm-hmm. previously, the fact that he has so many uh, um, so many offspring by different women indicates success because like fertility is part of the success, right? Um, you also have to look at other aspects, which is part of being what a man should be is he should be, I gather, um, overtly confident and overtly aggressive in some respects. Not always, but, and he should be somebody who tries to take control of a situation. So what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, the thing about relationships, and and this is something that people don't often find out until it's too late, is the problem, one of the problems with relationships, including marriages, is that they're often predicated on the idea of control. Well, really hierarchy, right? There has to be somebody in charge of another person. It's not often predicated on um, equanimity, certainly not equality, but it's predicated on the idea that one person has more say than the other, often. And that becomes a problem because if you have two adults, two human beings, two people, and one person thinks they can tell another person what not only what to do, but this whole other idea that gets into what men should be which is somehow a guide or a teacher. It's what I get into, what I, what I call, it's the idea of basically of what becomes employer-employee relationship, to put it in simplistic terms, right? Mm-hmm. It's the idea that the man should be the boss in the relationship or the man should be, if, in, not, if not the boss, then at least the manager and the supervisor. And woman is reporting to him. The woman has mm-hmm. to deal with him in that context, right? So therefore, when you're talking about what men should be, it's this idea that men should be, have a good deal of control over a lot of aspects. But what's interesting is we don't know anything about Russell Wilson and Sierra's relationships. A lot of these are projections. Right. Like I said, it's also perception. That's why perception is very important. See, it's not necessarily the reality it's the idea it's really the perception you know uh for a lot of people perception is reality that's a cliche but it's true so for them not only in terms of how they see this celebrity relationship or any relate but any other relationship what they often go on are perceptions which get tight which eventually become beliefs which eventually get translated into relationships if they get into relationships right so that and that can probably lead to in many respects you know 
people breaking up, divorces happening to a certain extent. Why? Because what are you basing things on? Your perception of reality and not reality. And I was, oh, go ahead. And that, and that's the problem. Go ahead. Yeah, I can't find that clip I was talking about. I don't, and I might have also fucked up who said what part. It might have been the podcaster. It might have been the guest. And that person might be famous. So I'll probably sound really stupid. But that was a real statement. I just can't find it. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I did see that there was somebody else who said something about um, they would rather their son be more like a future Russell Wilson. I think that a lot of the perceptions that people have around what celebrities or uh, not even just celebrities, even people they might know, a lot of them are perceptions and ideas around who these people are. And it's very limiting. If it's very limiting, wouldn't that be counterproductive to what I would think most men would want? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And again, it depends on the kind of male, the kind of man that you're referring to. So Part of the reason I think that, again, you have to look, I think, at not only people's idea of what a man should be and what men are and also what men are, but also ideas about what are, I think there are other ideas, other societal concepts, other societal aspects, right? What you're interested in. Yeah. Um, I want to play this clip. Um, I don't know what show this is. I don't know who these people are. (laughs) Um, It was called Tonight's Conversation featuring a bunch of people. I don't know who they are. I'm so old. That's how I know I'm old. These are probably like super popular, famous people, and I have no clue who any of these people are. Um, Tonight's Conversation featuring people. I don't know. (laughs) But this was one of those clips that went viral on the internet, and hopefully I can get it to play. Would you want him to grow up more like Russell Wilson? No. Or future? No, 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 no. Both, no. I would throw my shoe I would. <laughs> Russell Wilson or future? Which one would you want him I to I would do? rather him be like future. Okay. Who would you rather your, da- uh, your daughter date, That's Russell crazy. Wilson or future? <laughs> he f***ed you up. I would actually, Why did you I think? Would, because there's, there's pros and cons to both. I would answer the question. If I gave a why, I would want her to date a future because it takes for you to date a future to even get a Russell. Oh. No, because I had my husband first and went and left somewhere else and had to come back to him. Oh. Uh-uh. I had to be broken down. A lot of women need to be broken. That makes sense, but that wasn't a question. That was nice. A lot of women need Yeah. So you heard that. Yes, I did hear that. <laughs> and, well, again, that gets into what I noted about, even though it was, you know, that was just a minuscule clip. That gets into what I've noted about um, sort of the construct of men. Again, what a man should be, right? In the case of this individual in the clip, his notion, and and like I said before, I used the example of Shakespeare's Taming of the True, right? What did he say? You have to be with a future in order to get with a Russell Wilson, right? Which is sort of like saying that in order to become wealthy, you have to live in the poorest section of town in order to then live in the wealthiest section of town. Yes, it's nonsense, essentially. Right. There are people who have done that, but it's not a prerequisite to wealth, right? 
being impoverished or living in an impoverished neighborhood is not a prerequisite to being wealthy. That doesn't make any sense. Or living in an impoverished neighborhood is not a prerequisite to living in a wealthy neighborhood. But see what his thinking is. Yeah, I. but he, you know, it cut off, right, when he talked about women needing to be broken. But even even before that, just the idea that your daughter has to be put through so much pain and hurt, and chances are, you know, and this is with the perception that we have of future, not because of who we know who him, him to be. We don't know this man, right. but um, his perception is that a guy like Future can break a woman, and that's how you get to a Russell Wilson. I don't. It, I find it interesting that he thinks that's the way to get with a guy like Russell Wilson versus mm-hmm. teaching your daughter how to have healthy relationships. How to right. recognize a healthy relationship, how to exist within a healthy relationship, that those things aren't the things that lead you to a Russell Wilson. Right. Well, but those are things that do lead you to someone who could be a Russell Wilson or anyone else. Right. But you just noted. And you have to factor in aspects such as class, socioeconomic background, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this may be something that people don't want to hear, but people from different class levels have different ideas about everything, including relationships and about individuals. Exactly. Exactly. And the things that they value in a relationship, things they're looking for in a partner or a marriage, um, the ways that they talk about money, the ways that they talk about, you know, what neighborhoods they're going to live in, where they're going to put their kids in school. All those things are very predicated upon class and and the circles that you grew up in. Because your understanding and your knowledge of those things are going to be based based on that and rooted in that. Right. So if you look at what we heard that gentleman say, I don't know what his class background is. I don't know what socioeconomic background is. But let's assume that it's working class. Often, and not always, but often in working class backgrounds, there is a predominance to and a paramount issue with pragmatism, with reality. You have to accept things as they are and deal with them as they are. So for that individual, and I don't know, again, I don't know what his background is, and I want to state that. Um, It may be that his idea of daughter of his being with the future to get with a Russell Wilson is predicated on pragmatism or his concept of pragmatism, which is you have to deal with, um, as someone once told me, you have to know the sour in order to appreciate and enjoy the sweet. And that's essentially what it comes down to in a very, very broadly and narrowly simplistic term. It's thinking that you have to put up with the sour in order to enjoy the sweet. The problem is that people don't really often get to enjoy the sweet because they're they're too stuck with sour. Yeah. There's something else I want to kind of get into, though, is the fact that this very polarized, no, not even that. Well, polarized, yes, absolutely, but very divided conversation only goes two ways. You're either you're either this or you're either that. And that bothers me a lot because I think it's very limiting into what is possible for anyone. So even as a woman, right? 
I look at Russell Wilson. When I first saw Russell Wilson, I thought he was corny. I thought he was cheesy. But I like something you said. I can't, re- I can't remember if you said this before we hit record or after, but you said, so what? You weren't saying that to me because I didn't say that at the time. Right. But you were just saying, if he's corny, so what? And that's really what it boils down to. If people right. consider him corny, even if he is corny, because I thought he was corny until he got with Sierra. Then he became less corny. I think it's because <laughs> I kind of saw him as just, I don't know, very out of touch. With right. blackness, you know, a black well, people, right? And, and, that's and then a when he got with well. Sierra, yeah. But then, but when he got with Sierra, it was all of a sudden I saw him differently. It was like his energy felt different, his way he talked, and it wasn't like he was he turned into some sort of black stereotype or anything like that. So I know that's what people are thinking. Oh, all of a sudden, no, it wasn't that. It was just something he just moved a little bit differently, and that can mm-hmm. also just happen because you're in a household with someone who moves a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And when you partner with somebody, sometimes you take on certain attributes and certain things. So that could be the case. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, whether I think he's corny or not, if he found somebody that loves him just as corny as he is or not, that's what matters. At the end of the day, he found somebody and has built a family with them. And he seems like they, they appear to be, in, at least from what we can see on the surface, we don't know these people, they appear to be in a good, in a good place with each other. That, to me, trumps any ideas around personality uh, that we might have or any ideas we have about his personality. But also, even if he is a little cheesy in how he dances or how he talks and all that, there might be other areas, because we're humans and we're complex, where maybe he does have more of a dominating energy. Maybe he does have Mm -hmm. more of a... um, a, a different type of personality than what we see. You, you get what I'm saying? Because we're complex people. Right. The person he shows in the media might not be the same person he is off camera. And you work in media, you you understand what you've seen people, they're one way in an interview, then when the interview's over, you're like, oh wow, that's a whole different energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's true. That's true. Um and again, you know, when you talk about again, it gets down to you have to, that's why I layered class onto it. And you could also have to layer race and ethnicity into it too. There are ideas of how black men should be. And so when African-American, when a number of African-American men see Russell Wilson, for them, that's not their idea of what a black man should be. So you take what a man should be. And as I had outlined before, right? Success with women, a sort of, uh, you know, tough, you know, aggressive attitude, ability to control aspects of their life and of others. Um, Also, toughness, right? That's a part of it, too, right? But, and so, and you take that and then you add on top of that, again, class, as I mentioned before, and then the ethnic and racial components, right? So from a from that component, Russell Wilson just seems, as you mentioned, out of touch. Even you saw him as out of touch. Even you said you saw him as corny. Right. Which is right. interesting because my perception of Colin Kaepernick had never been that. But Colin Kaepernick is biracial. Yeah. His mom is white. So um but he was raised. No, his mom there. and dad, he was adopted by a white family. Right. Right. So uh again. Yeah. You would think he would come off out of touch being raised by a white family and going to a white school. Point, 
That's a very interesting point. But again, you have to look at what's the difference. Now, in, in Kaepernick's case, his, he was never seen as let that I'm aware of. He's not seen as less than, right? Because I noted this football player, you know, archetype mm-hmm. is about as primal and as basic a masculine archetype as you can get. But I don't believe that was ever challenged or questioned in the case of Colin Kaepernick. I don't believe that was. But so nobody, you know, attacked him in that the attack was political. Right. It was more sociopolitical in nature in regards to Colin Kaepernick. But I also think that. But I also think that. So before the kneeling thing and sitting during the anthem thing, I never. I have it. I'm not saying it hadn't happened, but I hadn't seen a bunch of people calling him corny or saying he was questionable um, right. in his blackness. I've seen that more for fully black people like red, like RG3 oh. uh, more than I did for really even Russell Wilson. I would say it was even worse for him and he was not biracial. Right. And in fact, some what, what uh, what's his name? The one I got fired from ESPN said it. Yeah. He said it out yeah. loud. Um, well, she, what'd you say? Are you talking Sage Steele? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I thought you said somebody else. Um, okay. No, the black guy who said that RG3, what did he say about him? He was, I think he said he wasn't a real brother or something like that. Oh, oh, I think I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the specific oh, what name he the say? person referring to, but I remember hearing something like that. Yes. Oh my God. Why can't I think of his name? That gets into, see, that's another ass. That's a, uh, a very specific aspect that's more socio-political, right? So because RG3, I think... Cornball. He called him a cornball brother. That's what he called him. Like that was Rob Parker. Like that. Right. Yeah. So um, he called him a... So what I'm saying is that I think it's more than just being biracial because mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick is biracial. Sure. You didn't hear right. that about him. No. But you did hear about it about somebody who wasn't biracial at all. Right. Um... So it's got to be. So I think it's even deeper than just him being half white, because I'm sure there are plenty of other half white football players that didn't have that same stigma of being a cornball. No. no. Well, in the case of Colin Kaepernick, he's different. Well, he is different because not only was that not questioned, but he's validated in a way that that Russell Wilson can't because of his political activism. But I'm talking about prior to that. Right, because you're right. Because the political activism definitely cements it even more. And he started right. doubling down on that image and that brand, um, and started quoting Panther. And that is and part of. And I, I think that I see, and I, I can say this as a biracial person myself. Um, but what I see is part of. I think one kind of smaller aspect of the male personality type, or that development within African American communities is that political activism, that f- not so much activism, but that fidelity to improvement of the group, improvement of the collective, which Kaepernick, and that's why Kaepernick was kind of set up as an example. Mm-hmm. So his uh, masculinity is validated in a different way in that sense. Mm-hmm. No one really questioned it, but it's validated. I got um, you. Yeah, it's validated because of his activism. And so what's interesting is that you would think that, oh, but I guess because she's a single mother, it's somehow different. But he's married to one of the baddest women in the world. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in the eyes of those men, you would think that would have in some way validated him in some way. But see, it's what I notice is, again, what's happened is he's part of about this archetype that is about as masculine as it gets. And yet that has been subverted and demolished. It's been demolished by, by men because it was another football player or ex-football player that said, he's a square, right? right? Like I said, they took the man, tried to take the man card away from him. And I don't even know if that's an expression, but I'll just use it. <laughs> um, I mean, when you're a football player and you get reduced to the status of square and all that, see, none of, like I said, none of it matters. Because they're stripping him down to his essence. It's emasculating. It's interesting. A lot of women defended him. There were men who defended him too, but they're, the problem is that it's self-serving. And this gets into another area of personality types. At least two others that I would say, which are uh, the so-called, at least in that, the term is used, I think, in the African-American communities, the educated lame and this is in the wider communities, the average guy. So, first of all, I've never really understood why educated and lame go together. Because in my mind... I've, I've never heard that statement, to be honest with you. Right. Again, it may be, when we talk about perception, the engine that is, uh, the not, not so much the internet, but social media, that is YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, that has a lot to do with it, because that's where I see it online is online right uh, i don't think i've seen educated lame maybe unless i well, but i also don't know everybody's algorithms are different but when i've seen educated lame it was usually referring to someone who was educated but had some anti-black perspective or like they were they their education made them stupider <laughs> like they, oh. you know what i mean like people who go to school and they start talking about you know um some repeated some you know white feminist nonsense okay um interesting um it's interesting but when you apply that to a man from what the context that i've seen is this again it gets into what the the gentleman said in the video right he he felt that his daughter had to be with a future in order to get a russell wilson right so it's the idea and let's just say in regards to relationships or potential suitors, so to speak, potential um, dating types, or, you know, that you have an educated guy, the so-called lame, but he's not like a future or not like other men who are hip with it, um, more masculine. They're more, you know, they're educated, thus perhaps intellectual, perhaps rather bookish, nerdy, geeky, what have you. And so the concept, of course, as a type is this is not what a man should be for some people, right? They don't like the idea of someone. I mean, this has always existed in the larger context, the larger world, right? The idea of nerds being seen as, you know, uninteresting, smart people being seen as, you know, unfashionable, unhip. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. these are well-established stereotypes and archetypes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so, 
It's definitely a common theme in stories. Mm -hmm. The educate, like, you know, like if you think of like the kid who's good at science in in, in like a teen show, all of a sudden they're a geek. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you had a hit sitcom that was about scientists, right? The Big Bang Theory, right? Right. And they were all lame. Yes. So you could argue that they were all educated lames. Right. Okay. Right. You could argue that it's because that they validate, how would I put it? The arc, I would call it the archetypal algorithm. I think when it comes to narratives, uh, like filmic narratives or uh, tele, you know, TV narratives or even literature narratives, right? They're, they're what I would call the archetypal algorithm, <laughs> the steel algorithm from computers and technology and the mm-hmm. internet. Um, so they are, so this idea of educated lanes gets into, again, the construct of what men are and then what men should be, right? They're seen as not preferable because the term educated and lame should never go together, should be uneducated lanes. Well, also, I, I think some of these are just very overly simplified ideas and categories because we all know people who can be, who are uneducated and lame. We know people who are um, uh, educated and cool, right? We know people who are educated and shy. We know people who are educated and outgoing. We know people who are outgoing and uneducated, right? Like there's just a plethora of combinations out there. Like (laughs) what you're infusing into the, into this aspect, into this discussion is complexity. And life, right. as we know it, is about complexity. But life, as we think we know it, is about perception, simplicity. You know, I just Googled some shit. Male personality types. Mm-hmm. A- and a lot of the websites are all agreeing. And I'm guessing, I don't know if they all copied each other, which they probably did. Or maybe they all mm-hmm. copied the same study, because that's what people do on the internet. Um, you see Six male personality types. You also see five. Some of the older ones say five personality types, which already when I see things like six and five, that rubs me the wrong way because I'm sure there's more than that. <laughs> um, okay. And I also don't think, I think it's really difficult to to confine, but there's a bazillion websites just that just have these lists of personalities. The ones that you see um, mainly are these six, the alpha male, Mm-hmm. The beta male, the gamma male, omega, delta, and sigma males. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good. Be good.